0: Section 41 of Old Rail Fence Corners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Natalia Baikov. Old Rail Fence Corners, edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris. Mrs. Mary Pribble, 1854. My father hiram smith arrived in minnesota april twenty first eighteen fifty four settling first in brooklyn hennepin county my mother followed in july of the same year with a family of three children myself aged seven and two brothers aged two and five years we arrived in st paul july ninth and my mother with her usual forethought and thrift realizing that before long navigation would close for the winter and shut off all source of supplies, laid in a supply of provisions while we were in St. Paul. Among other things, she bought a bag of rice flour, which was all the flour in our colony until April of the next year. We came by stage to Anoka and were to cross the Mississippi River in a canoe to the trading post of Mr. Miles, which was on a high point of land in what is now Champlain. It was where Elm Creek empties into the Mississippi but the canoe was too small to carry us all at once and so i was left on the east shore sitting upon our baggage to wait for a return trip when i finally arrived across the river there were indians gathered at the landing and they touched me on the cheek and called me heap paleface there was a great joy in our little colony when that same autumn my father discovered a fine cranberry marsh much picnicking and picking followed my parents secured seven bushels and allotted very much on the winter supplies that these cranberries would buy when they could send them to st paul our only market soon one of the neighbors prepared to set out on a trip by ox team to st paul the only road at that time was by the indian trail which for several miles was where the county road now leads from robinsdale to champlin then to the ferry at st anthony falls and so on down the east side of the river to st paul my mother had made out a careful list of all the real necessities to be purchased, putting them in the order of the need for them, in case he would not be able to buy them all. She knew very well that there would be no possible way to purchase any new clothing all winter, and so the first items on the list were new cloth for patches and thread to sew them with. This latter came in hanks then, instead of on spools. After that came the list of provisions, as seven bushels of cranberries were expected to buy a great many supplies. How well I remember the joy upon my mother's face when those precious cranberries were loaded on the neighbor's already full wagon and the oxen slowly disappeared down the old trail. It was a long, tedious journey to be made in that way, and they had many days to wait before they would receive the fruits of that wonderful wagon load. Finally the neighbor was back and came to my mother and said, thee will be disappointed when i tell thee that the last boat left for st louis the day before i arrived in st paul there is not a yard of cloth or a hank of thread in the town and i could only get thee three brooms for thy fine cranberries the next spring my father made maple sugar and was able to buy a cow and six hens from a man who came overland from southern illinois driving several cows and bringing a box of hens and so we began to live more comfortably in 1856 many people came and by that time we had school church and sunday school and a lyceum the pleasure of which i can never forget we also had a portable sawmill i think it was in the winter of 1855 that an agent a real live agent appeared in our midst to tell us of the remarkable qualities of a new oil called kerosene. he said if he could be sure of the sale of a barrel it would be brought to st paul and delivered to any address on or before august fifteenth i have the lamp now in which part of that first barrel was burned mrs edmund kimball eighteen fifty five my father freeman james Left his home in New York State and came to Hassan, Minnesota in 1854. The next year he decided to go after his family and so wrote my mother to be ready to start in August. My mother got everything in readiness to start, but for some reason my father was delayed in getting back home, and my mother, thinking that she had misunderstood his plans in some way, decided to start anyway, and so she loaded our belongings on the wagon and we started alone i was only eleven years old and well i remember how great an undertaking it seemed to me to leave our pleasant home and all my playmates and start without father on such a long trip but when we arrived at dunkirk where we took a boat to cross lake erie we found father and so made our journey without mishap we arrived by boat in st paul in august fifty five and started at once for Hassan. Stopping that first night at the home of Mr. Longfellow at a place called Long Prairie. We were most cordially received and found other settlers stopping there for the night too, which made the house so crowded that they were obliged to make beds on the sitting room floor for all the children. After we were put in bed, still another traveler arrived, a man who was expecting his family and had come part way to meet them just for fun the family told him that his family had arrived and pointed to us children on the floor he was overjoyed and came and turned the covers down to see us only for a moment was he fooled but shook his head and said we were none of his i shall never forget the shock i felt at the first view i had of our home it was so different from what we had left behind that to a child of my age it seemed that it was more than i could possibly endure it was growing dark and the little log cabin stood in the deep woods and the grass was so long in the front yard it seemed the most lonely place in the world and dark as it was and as long as i knew the way back to be i was strongly tempted and half inclined to start right off to my dear old home this was all going through my mind while i stopped outside to look around after the rest had gone in when they had lighted one or two candles and i followed them in the homesick feeling was increased by the new prospect my father had evidently left in a great hurry for every dish in the house was piled dirty upon the table and they were all heavy yellow ware the like of which i had never seen before the house had been closed so long that it was full of mice, and they ran scurrying over everything. But there was much work to do before we could get the place in order to go to bed, and it fell to my lot to wash all those dishes. No small task for an eleven-year-old girl. In the morning when the house was in order and the sun was shining in, and we could see what Father had done to make us comfortable, the place took on a very different aspect and soon became another dear home. He had made every piece of the furniture himself. The bed was made of poles with strips of bark in place of bed cords. The mattress was of husks and the pillows of cattail down. There were three straight chairs and a rocking chair with splint bottoms. The splints were made by peeling small ash poles and then pounding them for some time with some heavy instrument. When the wood would come off in thin layers. The floor was of split logs. Father had made some good cupboards for the kitchen things. That first year, Mother was not well, and young as I was, I was obliged to do a great deal of housework. I did the washing and made salt-rising bread, and one time I surprised the doctor who came to see Mother by making him a very good mustard poultice. End of section 41. Recording by Natalia